Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. Today Victory show, Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. Wow. Do you guys, this is a fun fact. No, like no, no, but this was, a, this was actually a great moment for the podcast. The two teams that now share the longest winning streak in the NFC at three games are none other than the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Yes. You guys are the rulers of the NFC right now. How great yeah. is that? Those Dominant. winning streaks are brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. And Christian McCaffrey. And also Christian McCaffrey by as Christian well. McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. We are yeah. going to talk about a bunch of things today. One of them definitely being the 49ers victory over the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. We also they have super to me. They look Infer really from that good. what you will. Uh, we also have waivers with Eric Moody coming up, and we're going to preview a bunch of Thursday That's Thanksgiving right. Day games. That's shows. right. This is number two. But most importantly, there yep. is one thing that we need to lead off with today, and it is not the San Francisco 49ers victory. I know victory. what it is. It actually takes precedence over the 49ers. I know where you're going. Our wonderful, beautiful, amazing friend, Keith Lipscomb. Not cool, Keith, as you Not have come cool to know him Keith. here on the Who is podcast. The coolest guy yeah, is the most way. amazing human in the world. Has an has a birthday today. He's going to be thirty five. <laughs> yeah, and That's so we're how old. He looks. He yes. looks. I checked his ID this morning. <laughs> I didn't believe it. I did not believe it. It's ridiculous. He is the Benjamin Button of our world. Keith, you've done so much for all of us. Like you do everything for the rankings for all of us. You do so much within all of the writing and the editing. In fact, you were. That's what we're looking for. Very so cool, Keith. Is what we actually behind the scenes yeah. that you do that people just don't realize that we know about on a daily basis, and we love you so much for everything that you are. But most importantly, Keith, I love you because you're an amazing human, and because you're a pretty good ball player. People may not realize it, but <laughs> oh. you're pretty good out there on the court. So, oh yeah, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah. him and Tim Kirkchen are well known amongst like the most <laughs> underappreciated uh, hoopers That's at right. ESPN. That's He's a great coach. He's a great dad to three kids. Great husband, uh, and I think Keith. You know, when someone uh, celebrates a birthday or any sort of notable moment, I think we do. It's human nature, I think, to maybe speak a tad hyperbolically, right? This is the greatest, this, this is the whatever. Heath, there is no hyperbole involved. The single nicest oh, human at ESPN nice, nice is, uh, and most, polite, most modest like, individual you ever meet. Asking you for stuff on a deadline like, please, yeah. and yeah. would you <laughs> mind? Yeah. No, we're all better every single day to have Keith in our life, but you know, certainly as, 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 as ESPN employees, but more importantly, as friends, uh, he stands for everything that I think is good in the world. Uh, and you know, it's reflected in his kids who are all three just bright stars that have so much to offer uh, and have already done that. Um, and the only part about Keith, there's only one thing about Keith that I don't like. What, that he's a Cleveland fan? No, he is annoyingly <laughs> awesome at fantasy football. Oh, is that what like, it is? Just That's an absolute titan. Any league you play with Keith, it's like, oh, here it is. We're in a league together, Daniel, Keith, and I. It's called the uh, the Gasco League. Yep. And I remember checking the projections at one point during the week, and I saw that Keith and him and I are kind of jockeying in the same tier for a potential seed. And at one point, the projections, you know, it's, it's a huge roster, so those things are more subject to change. I saw, I was like, all right, Keith, like, either projected to lose maybe a close win. <laughs> he ended up being the highest scoring team in the league, won by like 75 points. Yeah. Which happens like, like it happens at least all the, yeah, it's yeah. all the time. And, Every, yeah. and then you can't get mad because he's so nice. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, Keith, I... 
I have nothing to say. I, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's this has been different. Keith, I used to spend so much time with you back in the old days behind the glass when we did the podcast out of the radio studio, and so we had so much fun. And with the new setup, it doesn't quite work the same way. But please know, every single day, you're still here in our hearts, and we love you. We think about you. Happy birthday, my friend! And can Here's the Cleveland Browns more. please get a win for Keith for his birthday? Absolutely. Let's yes. get a W from the Browns. That's what we're looking for. All right. They're playing the box, right? Yeah, you can definitely get oh, a W against the box. No big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Nick let's Chubb all day. talk about <laughs> this Monday night football game, which is brought to you by Geico. Yeah. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you could save Stefania. What happened? I'm not really sure. On Sunday morning, <laughs> you and I were doing a waiver segment, and I was like, Whoa, this is why you don't wait until Sunday morning to pick up a quarterback. But if you do, who did we suggest you pick up and start? Jimmy Garoppolo. And what did Jimmy Garoppolo do? Oh, nothing but doubled his production in <laughs> touchdowns with four touchdowns, <laughs> over 200 yards passing, and pretty much had a... Near perfect passer rating, I just want to say. 25.4 fantasy points. It was his best game all season. But here's the thing. One of the reasons why I suggested him was because of consistency, mm-hmm. right? right? He's been averaging about 17 fantasy points over the last five, not including last week. So he's been giving you somebody that you can start at that position. I have to worry about the volatility. This week, though, with all the additional weapons that he has in that offense field, he just looked fantastic and crushed. You knew this was going to happen. You know why? Did you see the suit that Jimmy G showed up That's in what last it was. night? That's Jimmy what it was. G is like a devastatingly handsome man. It's like, really, it's, it's annoying. It's and, and, and if you talk to people, they talk about how he's the nicest guy. He's uh, just um, humble. No, oh, he's you great. Know, like, if you don't just, love Jimmy, it's, it's more about it's, you than it is Jimmy. Right. He's been beloved. And just I think mean, how, how well he handled yeah. what was an incredibly difficult situation this offseason, coming back from shoulder surgery, totally. quietly working out on a side field while the 49ers are practicing, thinking he's going to get traded, not really knowing what the future would be. Then they're like, okay, well, we want to keep you just in case. Turned out to be a pretty good idea. It certainly has worked out for all parties. I think Jimmy will be handsomely paid somewhere handsomely. next offseason. Yeah, very much pun intended there. Maybe New York. Uh, and for, for our purposes, Stop as it. we're sitting here, as we are evaluating whether there's some value here for fantasy going forward, I think what makes this more built to last than you might have thought in previous years of Jimmy Garoppolo is while San Francisco's always had some talented pieces around him, it reminds me of what's going on in Miami right now mm-hmm. is that everywhere you turn, there's another freak athlete with the ball in his hands. And last night, you know, we will talk about how much he did or did not play in just a moment, but it's like Elijah Mitchell was incredible last year. And he like barely plays for San Francisco, at least in the first half, Jimmy Garoppolo in the first half is throwing darts to Christian McCaffrey early in the game. George Kittle has a touchdown. You have Brandon. Are scoring twice last night? Debo, Debo. Samuel, who they're like, able to pitch count him yeah. a bit this year because yeah. they're so talented and deep. so right? happy when Chris McCaffrey came on board. And so it's hard. Uh, it, Jimmy G's not going to add any value with his legs and they certainly can have weeks where they can just ground and pound you mm-hmm. uh, and just win like via submission that way. But I do think the upside for passing touchdowns has grown with Jimmy G and I'm not trying to take this away from him, but they're going to be, as they always have been, one of the best teams in terms of yards after the catch. Yep. And if he has to dump the ball, if he dumps the ball off 15 times a game combined to Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, and they have chances to run after the catch, I'll take my odds there. Yeah. And so Jimmy G, uh, this week, and I know it's it's a little early to be talking about ranks normally, but because we have a weird week, he's in my top 13 of quarterbacks this week. He is in a good spot against the Saints, assuming they still don't have Marshawn Lattimore. We'll see on yep. Cam Jordan. Peyton Turner, first-round pick last year, is banged up. Like, they got a lot of injuries over there in New Orleans. Jimmy G could feast again. A plethora of assets within this offense, and 
The only thing about Jimmy G is it could be the opposite of this week where the, the 49ers just have like a three or four touchdown game. And like, that's always, you know, potential that could happen, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, you mean on the ground? Yeah. You're saying, well, yeah, on the yeah. ground. Yeah, they could. yeah. It just it does feel like though that um, because Christian McCaffrey is playing more than Elijah Mitchell by a pretty healthy amount, CMC is an, an incredible runner. Elijah Mitchell is probably a more powerful runner. CMC, it's like if they have the ball first and goal from the six, they might be just as likely to have CMC run a little option right out yeah. of the backfield and throw the ball as yeah. they would have been. And I think to- you saw that last night because the receiving yards were up double the rushing yards for McCaffrey early on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that this is the first week since week one that Debo Samuel has outscored Brandon Ayuk in games that they have played together. Isn't that crazy? Is there a, I don't want to say, is there a changing of the guard here with the way that they use and, you know, these two guys, but are you still ranking Debo ahead of? I think, I think you're definitely ranking Debo ahead because of what he gives you and, and, and the, the upside play with Debo is ridiculous, you know, but I think, uh, I, I don't think that you can necessarily script the Niners every week going forward because I think what you've seen already in terms of how Kyle Shanahan's using these different pieces, these different chess pieces, is it's been different in the few weeks that they've all been together. Granted, the first one with McCaffrey, he barely played. He was just getting integrated into the system. But then there was this split, and everybody got nervous. Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey. Now you see the reverse happen this week. I think that the game script is going to be different week in and week out, and you're not necessarily going to be able to predict, but Debo is always going to give you the bigger upside. Yep, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think probably last night, uh, it's a tricky one because Ayuk finishes with 16 fantasy points, two catches, two touchdowns, 20 yards. So efficient, that much is for sure. The question we had when they acquired CMC and got Debo Samuel back healthy was, was there going to be an odd man or men out in the 49ers offense if – those four, and let's include Elijah Mitchell because he's a very good player well, as let's well. Let's include in George the, Kittle then. Well, I had oh, yeah, George yeah. Kittle. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So Kittle, because McCaffrey, he was way more productive Debo, Ayuk, and Elijah Mitchell. Those five is there going to be an odd man or men out? And last night was the first night that there kind of was amongst the pass catchers, and it was Brandon Ayuk. We'll see whether that is a sign of things to come. If like his volume just drops a little bit because he has been good uh, in the prior, four games prior to this. Uh, so I'm not sounding the alarms too much yet. I think the reality is that because of how good this offense is and how much upside there is, they're averaging over 28 points per game with mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey in four total games. Like that's obviously very efficient, and very good that there is a lot of upside sort of across the board. Um, but Last night maybe was a little bit more volume-wise like we expected it to look like once they traded for Christian McCaffrey and also had Debo Samuel back on the field. Sure. Yeah, I, I just <clears throat> I think it's going to be hard to predict week to week. I think, yeah. you're, I think you have the just as easily a potential to see a huge Brandon Ayuk week with a little bit altered uh, role for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they're they're just ridiculous right now. Which, why, yeah, if I think you're they look me, super. you don't I look, care they look about super. if you play fantasy. You, know, you want right. one, but yeah, it's a Niners fan. Your defense scored you a lot of points too. I mean, that's... There you go. It's another fantasy tool for you. I want to ask you, Stefania, about the Cardinals because Kyler Murray did not play in this game. And we Hollywood Brown, you, we warned you. We were worried. He Not worried, but we weren't sure where it was going to land. Ended yeah, up not playing here we as well. Didn't th- we didn't really think he was going to play, though, on we Sunday. We talked yep. about the fact that he was just entering that window to be activated. It was very early coming back from that midfoot injury, despite his optimism. Didn't seem like. I'd like to see more in practice out of him before uh, we really think that he's going to play. But Kyler Murray now, Jeremy Fowler, uh, our Jeremy Fowler, suggesting that he may not play until after Arizona's bye week, which, which is, is next week, week 13. Yep. So, you know. By the way, 
sort of seems like that's where Hollywood Brown might be as well. And mm-hmm. what did we say on Sunday that we saw this before with Kyler? Remember it was, yeah, he's dated, he could play Monday. It was all, and now it's maybe not till week 14. My buddy Doug Kai joked about this recently or made a remark about this that like, Cliff Kingsbury calls guys game time decisions that are like six weeks away from playing. Yeah, every time they're day to day, they're game to game, game time. We're it's like warm the, 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 the two months later, the guy returns and yeah. it's like, yeah, he's been day to day for for eight weeks. It's like what? So, um, however, remember, DeAndre Hopkins was questionable and then actually played and looked pretty good. Oh, uh, he looked great in the first yeah. half, especially you no know, D Hop. Yeah. But uh, in terms of guys that like suffer a fresh injury. And then yeah, it's like, yeah, day to day, probably like your know, game time decision. It's, like, it's wait. like, so three weeks later. Here's my expectation yeah. right now is I expect that there will be no Kyler Murray. I expect yeah. there'll be no Hollywood Brown this upcoming week. And Safanya, it certainly seems like we want to have any Rondell Moore either. He left after his first play. First you know, play of the game. Limped off the field, had a groin injury. What, what? Did you guys see the bad <laughs> beats last night? No. <laughs> I, 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 so uh, I'm going to be quick because we have a lot okay. to get to. No, this just, is, just I know, me. this is, you got, is you got to talk about this, this one. But Rondale Moore, for those who are asking, he ended up with a groin injury, did not return to the game. So, you know, if he went out after one play, the chances are that uh, it's not going to be great for next Dorch. week. And with them, with the bye coming up. Yeah. Oh, Greg Dorch. Yeah. Stepped what a player in. he is. Just, yeah. just if, if Rondale Moore is out this week yep. and Hollywood Brown is not available, Greg Dorch is on the radar. Steps right back into that role. That role has been awesome in this Cardinals he offense. Really well. He's great. Just a really solid player. Yeah. Former Wake Forest college yep. uh, in college. Like just really happy to see him continue to <clears throat> make the most of his opportunities. So this is a tweet. This comes from the Pretend GM Alfredo Brown on Twitter, and he posts. It's a th- basically a three part story, and it's a friend of his uh, who sends a question. Hey, other another league question. I'm up by less than a point. I have Rondell Moore starting. His team, meaning his opponent, is done scoring. Should I bench him? meaning Rondell Moore, or should I start him? I know it's late, but start him. More likely to have a point recalculation, also known as like a, you know, a, a scoring, scoring update, scoring yeah. adjustment, mm-hmm. than have him score negative points. Yep. What totally happened? reasonable <laughs> thing. Yeah. What happened? Rondell Moore, first play of the game, one catch, minus six yards. Uh, and I, this must have been, must, well, you know what? I think it was a rushing attempt, technically. It was a rushing yeah, attempt, yeah. Uh-huh. minus six yards, minus 0.6 fantasy points. <laughs> He ends up losing his matchup as a result of playing Rondell. That's crazy. And by the way, I'm sure that this friend of Alfredo Brown's is not alone. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. you out there. So this is just, I mean, I just. It's a bad beat is what it Pour is. one out for those people. <laughs> and I, I will stand on my belief that it is always the right thing to play a player if you have someone left over. Stack corrections be damned. I just think it's part of the spirit of the game beyond the fact that 99.99% of the time, Rondell Moore is going to score zero or positive points and not right. negative points. But gosh, I just want you to know out there, uh, if you started Rondell Moore and you end up losing as a result of it, you're not alone. You're not alone. not alone. This not was alone. one of those process over result calls that doesn't make you feel good. But like the call was right to start Rondell Moore course, because Greg Dortch scored a lot of points. And, and by like, the had, way, by the way, what's much more likely is that this person who started Rondell Moore is in a playoff race and one of the tiebreakers is points for and Rondell Moore stays healthy and ends up getting you 12 fantasy points. And at the end of the season, maybe you're in fifth place in your league as opposed to six, or maybe you're in third as opposed to whatever fourth, like maybe you're in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. It's tough. I know um, this is a cruel game. We play sometimes (laughs) and uh, we just want you to know out there that uh, we're pouring one out for you today. I will have an extra, Miller Extra Light. Miller Lights uh, during Thanksgiving in your honor. That's right. All right, let's talk about some news as we head into week 12. <clears throat> Excuse me, Stefania. Yes, yes. Uh, as we had a couple of major things happen. Very first thing, actually, throat. we had Melvin Gordon <laughs> get waved. I know. Well, you know, 
Five fumbles is one too many, apparently. Apparently. And uh, this is something we thought was going to happen sooner. It didn't happen, but there's been a lot of turmoil in that backfield between injuries and ineffectiveness with – with Melvin Gordon, and then, so they had Chase Edmonds come in, so they're like, well, we have Chase Edmonds now, so, you know, uh, we, you thought that he was going to cut into Melvin Gordon's time to begin with, but yep. then Chase Edmonds ends up with a high ankle sprain in this game, um, injured in the first quarter against the Raiders, Nathaniel Hackett saying he's going to, quote, miss a lot of time, so, uh, look, that means three running backs for this week, Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, and Devine... How do you pronounce it? Divino Zigbo. Divino Zigbo. Yeah, and uh, Moody will have a little bit more on uh, Latavius Murray, but um, I I know it sounds crazy, but he passed the eye test. He looked good. He looked good. I've got him as a top 20 20 play in my week uh, week 12 rankings. Top 20? Yeah. Oh, he's top 25 for me. Yeah, the Chase Edmonds stat line was not quite as bad as Rondell Moore, but two rushes, six yards. Yeah, I think the Chase Edmonds... um, That was tough. I think we kind of know what he was. Yeah. And he was... Our, our visions do, of him being a feature was... back, he's he's much, 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 much better as a satellite player in space. Like, you know, let yeah. him be a pass catching back, and uh, but not built to be, I don't think, a workhorse back. Stefania, Kyle Pitts has headed to the IR. How long is this stint going to be? And does it even matter for the rest of the fantasy well, season? Well, I think for fantasy purposes, you're you're done with Kyle Pitts. And yeah. it, it, it's terrible for him. I mean, MCL injury is the report, the potential surgery. The way these work, it depends on the location of the sprain. Where the ligament attaches, there there can be a decision made around the nature of the severity of the injury and the exact location as to whether you operate on it or not. So if you're hearing reports that they're discussing it, uh, it that's very legit. But either way, he should have a full recovery. So the Kyle Pitts that we knew as an athlete should be back to his former self once he gets better from this. But for fantasy purposes... Uh, Good no. to drop Kyle Pitts. Good Rostered in ninety six percent of leagues, so you and can free up a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, if you have an IR spot and you're really, really desperate, and you think you ha- you have you're the eternal optimist, you can keep him. But just a reminder: the Falcons, one of eight teams that has not yet had their bye, that means that he is out until week seventeen at minimum. I would it. think it's actually all the way through the season. Yeah. By the way, if your league stops in week seventeen, you ask yourself this question: Are you really going to stand by for the outside chance that Kyle Pitts plays in week seventeen? or are going to use that roster spot elsewhere, he can be safely dropped. I have that same question on Jamison Williams because as a Lions fan, I saw him designated to return this week. Dan Campbell said that, but what does that mean for me in fantasy? Is he actually going to get up to speed enough to be usable? I I don't think so. Uh, So designated to return, you've got the 21-day window. I think this is very important in terms of Jamison Williams' recovery from ACL because it allows him to practice. So when you're getting to that high level and you want to replicate football activity, football situations, you get a guy back to practice. I think it's important for them to do that before the year is out. Whether he sees any playing time remains to be seen. Yeah. So I would not be yeah. starting him in fantasy. I'm not going to be adding him either. I'm not adding him yet. Yeah, I wouldn't add him. I think if we found out the Saturday, like, oh, he's been he's been great. He's going to be activated for Sunday's game. Or, I'd I guess still the Thursday, want obviously. to see it because... No, no, I, we want to see it yeah, first. Yeah. But I, I think there's a better chance that, you know, 18 days from right now, we are asking, hey, will the Lions activate Jamison Williams to the 53-man roster? And by the way, if it is that full 21 days, we're talking about being in week 15 of the NFL season. Again, you want to see it for a week or two. Are you going to play Jamison Williams in your fantasy playoffs? The answer is likely no. Likely no. All right, Stefania, one more wide receiver here. Wandell Robinson had himself a game against the Lions on Sunday, unfortunately, oh towards boy, ACL. The Giants and their wide receiver woes continue. Yeah. Wandale Robinson, torn ACL, obviously done for the year. And we will have to wait until the summer to see where he is in terms of timeline to return. Screw you, MetLife. Yeah. That's my thought. 
MetLife Stadium stinks. It's embarrassing that we have an NFL stadium. By the way, an NFL stadium that has 16 home games a year. Actually, now it's more. It's 17, 17 right? Because they're yeah. two, two teams playing the stadium. And I know Stefania is probably better equipped to discuss this than I am. But you just look at the number of injuries on MetLife. And what's the expression? Numbers never lie. It's absurd how many injuries there have been. And this goes back to the beginning of last year, all those 49ers injuries. We've seen so many players happen. There's a longer conversation to be had about turf versus grass, and there was a study release that showed no differences, but we all know that there's artificial surfaces that are, there are many different types of artificial surfaces. OTL actually did a segment yesterday on this this is an off-season conversation that we will have but yes a number that all you gotta do is ask the players they do not love with 49ers had two season-ending injuries on MetLife uh turf a couple years ago and i should know that they are replacing it this off-season so they are changing surfaces this off-season to a different type of a, a different type of field turf but uh it's just a shame because the nfl will constantly talk about the health and player safety being the highest priority which i believe I also think that uh, it's a little bit insincere when a stadium is seemingly uh, this much more vulnerable to uh, player injuries than every other stadium in the NFL. Those players are the lifeblood of the league, man. Yeah. We just want that, like being that being healthy is what it's all about. Uh, we hope him well. We wish him well. Obviously, Wanda <laughs> Robinson will keep a very close eye on this one yep. going into next season. We've learned a lot about just how much a ACL can slow down a player the season after. Darius Layton has four straight games for the Giants with at least eleven and a half fantasy points. Can't imagine his role will slow down anytime soon. We're going to be back with our buddy Eric Moody in a second. But first, Stefania, why don't you go ahead and lead us off on what is known as a live read, also known as a sales segment in L, where we help pay the salary that is so large of yours on this show. (laughs) Oh, Daniel, you make me laugh. But Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. If you're hiring, you know the struggle. Quickly finding the best candidates for your team can seem like an impossible task. ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find exactly who you're looking for. They're like a talent scout for your team, bringing you the candidates who best fit your needs. Whether it's a civil engineer in New York or a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney in Colorado, or even a mascot in Missouri. With ZipRecruiter, finding the perfect match is simple. ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find the right person for the job. Let ZipRecruiter narrow down your search. Their powerful matching technology finds the right candidates for you. Filter, review, and rate candidates all from one easy-to-use dashboard. In fact, four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com FFF. At ZipRecruiter.com slash FFF. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we welcome in our good buddy, Eric Moody, for the Week 12 Waiver Wire. Eric, always good to see that beautiful, smiling face of yours. Is it chilly in your house? Is that why you have the vest on? Actually, it is chilly. You know, one thing about the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I feel like it goes from, you know, summer, we skip fall, we just go straight to winter. That's just how it goes here. 
What is so, winter yes, it's in very Dallas? Cold. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's like you know, like sixty it's like degrees. Say, 70, oh, it's real, 70, real chilly yeah. down there. Sure, yeah. Eric, totally. Hey, let's talk about some quarterbacks available on the waiver wire here in Week Twelve. And Eric Moody, if you're looking for somebody, one guy here that you can start in Week Twelve, who is it that you're looking at off the waiver wire? You know what, Dob? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to put it out there. I would say Derek Carr, oh. who's looked a lot better. Over the last three weeks, you, you look at Carr. I'm like, he's actually scored 17 or more fantasy points over the last three games. He looks even more calibrated now with Devontae Adams, which is good. You know, they have rapport, obviously, going back to their uh, college days. And I would say if you're a fantasy manager who may be wondering what is going to happen with Justin Fields, you know, with the shoulder, will he mm-hmm. play or will he not play? I would pick up Derek Carr really as a contingency plan. In my opinion, he's a solid QB2 this week against the Seahawks and what I, I, I expect to be really a high-scoring game. So, Yeah, I mean, taking on Seattle, it's, there are definitely worse matchups that Derek Carr could have in a streaming option, and I'm with you on the Justin Fields take. You just got to be prepared because you never know what's going to happen. We'll continue to follow at Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter to find out more about Justin Fields throughout the week. But if you can't get Derek Carr, is there another quarterback that you potentially like off of the waiver wire this week? Yes, I'm, I'm smiling because I've mentioned this quarterback in the waiver wire column multiple times and on the show here, and I'm going to do it again, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo, who's yes. actually scored. I, I can hear Stefania back there. Yeah, I'm like, he, Jimmy Jimmy looked great. He looked great last night. A season high, what, 25.4 fantasy points. I'm like, he scored 16 or more fantasy points in every single game except one. And we saw what he's capable of with the playmakers that Kyle Shanahan has surrounded him with. You know, Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle finally went boom for fantasy managers and really what I thought was like a weak winning type of performance, especially at the tight end position. And I'm viewing Garoppolo, I would say, as a high-end QB2. In, our, in my rankings at ESPN, I've got him ranked uh, QB13, I believe. So I'm viewing him as a high-end QB2 for fantasy managers against the Saints this week. So if you can't get Derek Carr, pick up Jimmy G. Love that call, and I'm totally with you on that one. There are definitely worse places you could go. He's just got so many good assets within that offense to be able to utilize. All right, let's talk about the running back situation, and you are giving us a Chiefs running back off the waiver wire. Which one is it, Eric Moody? (laughs) It's got to be Isaiah Pacheco, right? Again, another player I've written about in the column before, wrote about him again for this week. Had a career-high 107 rushing yards on 15 attempts against the Chargers, actually becoming the first Chiefs running back this season to surpass the century mark. And Jarrett McKinnon is really entrenched as the uh, the passing down back, I would say. He ran 21 routes in that game. But you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's out with uh, what they're calling a high ankle sprain. So he's going to miss some time. You look at Kansas City's upcoming schedule for running backs. It's very favorable. I'm like, you should really be salivating looking at that schedule if you're a fantasy manager. And you look at this Chiefs offense. You want exposure to it they rank first in total yards per game and in points scored per game so i'm looking at pacheco really as a solid rb2 with upside for more yeah i want to see him get into the end zone because it always hurts to see someone go get over 100 yards and then finish with just 10.7 fantasy points it's like your day was so much better than i feel like it's represented here within the fantasy stat sheet but all right if you can't grab isaiah pacheco someone who else i also really like who's another running back you would be looking at off the waiver wire well, you got to look at Rashad Wyatt. I'm surprised that his roster percentage in ESPN leagues isn't higher. Perhaps it was because of the bye week. But just to remind everybody, you look at week 10 against the Seahawks. Uh, White had 22 carries for 105 yards, became the first Buccaneers running back since Bobby Rainey in 2013 to surpass the century mark in rushing yards. And I know Leonard Fournette's not expected to miss time. But here's the reality. 
the Buccaneers gave White the nod to start. I'm in the camp that I believe that trend will continue. And so I do like uh, White really as a flex option with upside. He's going up against the Browns defense that gives up the second most fantasy points per game to running back. So if you can't pick up Pacheco, do not overlook Rashad White as well. I am 100% with you. And we've also heard Adam Schefter talk very highly about what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers think about him. So definitely someone worth rostering as you get into the playoff stretch. Anybody else at the running back position you want to mention before we move on to wide receivers? It's got to be Latavius Murray. So you just look at this Broncos backfield. So Melvin Gordon apparently had too many fumbles. The coaching staff were at their wits end. He was waived yesterday. And you've got Chase Edmonds, who's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Now, a running back that they traded for prior to the NFL trade deadline. So it's like a last man standing scenario. You got Latavius Murray that's there. You also have Marlon Mack, but hey, this is going to be Murray's backfield moving forward. Like he scored a season high 17.2 fantasy points uh, on Sunday against the Raiders and he's actually gotten in every single game since being a member of the Broncos 10 or more touches. Now I know what some people are thinking out there, Doc. They're like Moody. This Broncos offense isn't any good. There's some truth to that. They rank 21st in total yards per game, 32nd in points per game. But in fantasy, it is all about the volume. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at Murray as a volume base RB2 against the Panthers this week. So if you miss out on those other two running backs, do not overlook Latavius Murray. Yeah, I'm with you there on that one. Someone that, again, low-end RB2, but someone that is going to get a ton of volume, at least right now within that Broncos offense. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers here. Which direction you want to go at the wide receiver position off the waiver wire this week? All right, before I mention two players, I I just want to state, if if Christian Watson is still available in your league, I know he's rostered in a lot of places. Over the last two weeks, 53.8 fantasy points. If he's available... Pick him up. But I do good? like Donovan Peoples-Jones. 58.3 fantasy points. Uh, I think, I guess that's okay. You know, that's it's not okay. bad. I think he's the number you know, two not, wide receiver over the last two weeks, right? Yeah. Only behind Devontae Adams. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not, not bad at all. But not I'm surprised all. he's available in the percentage of leagues that he's in. But hey, I digress. But you get Donovan Peoples-Jones who's out there. I've mentioned him uh, in the waiver wire column quite a bit as well. Uh, one thing about Peoples-Jones, over 11 fantasy points in five straight games season high 17 fantasy points against the bills so if he's available he is one wide receiver that i would pick up uh got a great upcoming schedule and obviously deshaun watson will be returning uh, here in a couple of weeks uh per report so his ceiling could be even higher could definitely be higher and someone i like as well we talked about dpj quite a bit been using him in fantasy check out the css dfs podcast for all of our daily lineups dpj has been useful there all right Let's talk about one other wide receiver here in Traylon Burks, who came on last week, Eric Moody. Is there a chance that this can continue? I believe it can. And I've been very high on Traylon Burks uh, heading into this season. I know he didn't have the, uh, as I mentioned on social media, like a few weeks ago before he went on injured reserve, obviously, the, the kind of the coming out, you know, fantasy football party. But uh, he is trending up. And I have liked what I've seen from him since returning. So uh, last Thursday night against the Packers, he had a season high, uh, eight targets, season high in uh, fantasy points at uh, 18, and played over 50% of the snaps, ran 21 routes, eerily similar to Robert Woods and the other uh, Titans receivers. But uh, I think his role would only continue to grow. You know, he looks healthy. The Titans passing game is trending up with Tannehill back under center, who, by the way, scored 19 fantasy points in consecutive games. So I'm looking at Burks really as a weekly flex option. Now, the Titans' upcoming schedule is... um, it's formidable. It's not the best schedule, but I think you could do worse than having someone like Traylon Burks as a flex. Sure. 
at least an upside play you could have towards the back half of your roster that maybe gives you something to be able to look forward to during the playoffs. Eric, thank you so much. Follow Eric at Eric N. Moody on Twitter and tell everybody else what else you do around here. It's uh, Daily Notes, I believe, is the big thing that I follow every single day. That's so many good stuff in there. Yeah, the Daily Notes is great because that's basically a column for fantasy managers who are busy, you know, day in and day out, you know, family, you know, nine to five job and, and really want to keep up with the news. And so that's published every morning pretty early, which gives you a synopsis of all the fantasy news that you should know about. And also, you know, of course, in addition to uh, the waiver wire column, you know, create sports betting content, not only on the NFL, NBA and WNBA as well. So hit me up on Twitter. Always like engaging with everyone. Looking forward to it. At Eric N. Moody. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, buddy. We'll see you. Oh, you too. Until next time. Until next time, indeed. And we go from Eric Moody to the only thing that's probably close to as cool as Eric Moody, which is pizza from Little Caesars. Hey. The Little Caesars preview is brought to you by Little Caesars. It's game day with Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Say it again. Pizza, pizza. pizza. pizza pretty pizza. good right there. We begin on Thursday, which there are three games. So if you're going to take so a nap, excited. be I'm very so strategic about when you get that post-turkey nap. Tryptophan has a very... Uh, it, it, it has this is a, my favorite weekend of the year for football. I, I love it because it's like there's, there's it's nonstop, there's, right? It's nonstop. There's pro, there's college, oh, yeah. there's, I mean, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, first time they've both been undefeated since 2006. Winner clinches, all but clinches a spot in the college football playoff. Loser exciting. probably going home. We'll see whether Michigan star running back Blake Corum plays also on Saturday. Also on our network, mm-hmm. Florida State, Florida. And I want both of them to lose. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you know what, Stefania? Uh, well, Florida State has been better. Uh, Florida, you don't have to worry too much about because Florida has uh, fallen quite far uh, this season. But, but I'm, I'm a big Billy Napier guy. I think you'll get things going. It just takes some time, obviously, when you transition. Let's talk but about the Elizabeth preview. Yes, and Lions, uh, Daniels Lions, play host to the Buffalo Bills. Second time in four days, the Bills play inside Ford Field in Detroit. Big thing I'm watching here is how the Lions divvy up line, uh, running back snaps. Whether DeAndre Swift plays any more than he has of late, just 21 snaps recently, my instinct is probably not. This is going to be somebody who's going to have to continue to manage throughout the year. He's still in the injury report, even if he is a full participant. Oh, by the way, it's a bad matchup, too. You saw what the the Bills just did to Nick Chubb this past weekend? Yep. I'm weary of both Lions running backs this Thursday. If I had to start one, I did have both. Jamal Williams is my preference. On Sunday... Good to have every team back from a bye. There are no teams on a bye this week. The NFL, I think, sort of considers a competitive advantage or disadvantage because there are six teams playing on Thanksgiving. Easier to have everybody playing this week, and that includes the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins play the Texans on Sunday. Could that one get out of hand? That Miami offense could put up all sorts of points. Wouldn't surprise me if Tua and Tyreek, heck, any Dolphin could be a league-winning player for you on Sunday. And if they get behind big, I hope Damian Pierce gets more passing game utilization because just running, not catching many passes, and not finding the end zone has not been the winning formula for him over the past three to four weeks. And then on Monday night, we have two running backs I think played better, have been playing better of late. We didn't really get to it on Sunday night show, uh, but Najee Harris had his best game of the season by far. He found the end zone twice, 27.5 fantasy points, not a ton in the passing game, but Jalen Warren left that game for the Steelers. We'll monitor his status for Monday night because if he's out, should mean that Najee is closer to where he was in terms of snap percentage a year ago. And then Jonathan Taylor, back-to-back games of being pretty effective for the Indianapolis Colts. We know their formula, right? They want to run the football and play good defense. Against Pittsburgh, they sure can. And with that, let me tell you about Miller Lite because I'm going to have several on Thursday with perfect way to wash down turkey. (laughs) 
Tis the season to get together with good friends and great drinks. And that means Tis Miller time. Sure, the holidays can be stressful. All the more reason to raise a glass or can to keep things uncomplicated. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer. Not only is Miller Lite a great tasting light beer, it's also a great fit for the beer lovers in your life. And for even more gift ideas, Perfect for beer lovers. Visit the Miller Lite shop at shop.millerlite.com. Their new holiday collection features everything from cozy beer-inspired holiday sweaters to drinkable ornaments for your treat. That is awesome. This holiday, tis Miller time. So enjoy Miller time with friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to millerlite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller time this holiday season. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. I need to look into these drinkable ornaments. I don't know if they're for me or for the tree. agree. It might be for the tree. I'm not sure. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and they will get $150 in free bets if they do. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FFF. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they win. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code FFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 21 plus, in, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued to opt-in. Moneyland bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. I don't know if you guys saw Dan Orlovsky, I think on SportsCenter with L. Duncan, Giving out trash Thanksgiving food takes. Oh, he, it was so bad. L walked off the stage. It set was not good. I just wanted to ask if you guys had any Thanksgiving food takes. Before. Well, we, we, loved we, Dan. All, we all okay. we, we all we loved do Dan. love Dan, but he's Very got the horror. I mean, dedicated to the football we, stuff. We don't need I mean, Dan. I love you, buddy. No, his, your, his fo- food, your food takes are, are the worst. Don't even bad. bother. Ever since he did the red wine with the ice cubes and that, like oh, so bad. Right? We can Come like. On. There's no other take necessary. Yeah. That was so wrong, yeah. but. Um, always we have this conversation around Thanksgiving, the cranberry, the can or homemade and don't, and why is it only homemade is the correct answer. Ooh. Okay. So I actually like both. Now, do I, do I have a strong preference? My preference would be homemade, but I, I tolerate both. I think I'm too much of a of like a fence sitter with some of my food. Tastes. You are because um, that is you're a New my Englander. My, so as a New Englander, yeah. you should say the only proper cranberry is homemade. Okay, fair enough. And I am going to be on Nantucket where they have wonderful cranberry box, exactly. which is the coolest yeah. part exactly. of, of yep. fall in Nantucket. So don't you dare but say what can. I, so what about I you? think the biggest my I biggest revel sauce. You don't like it? <laughs> no. We'll just keep You're moving forward from this I'm conversation, sorry. man. Yeah. Um, my thing that over the past, my brother Taylor gets the credit for this. Fried turkey is the way to go. What? Uh, I like have once you fry a turkey, you don't turn back. It's just not even close. It's a thousand times it. better. So good. I got to say this. I think everyone's doing Thanksgiving wrong because for my entire life, I eat Thanksgiving lunch. <laughs> 
We okay. eat. We have an entire, all of everything. Yeah. It's not a dinner for us. It's ready at 1230 because that's when the Lions play football. And my <laughs> entire family, like grandparents, yeah. aunts and uncles, yeah. everyone, my entire life. And the reason why that's such a great thing is because you eat all that food during the Lions game. Yeah. You then slowly Sleep. fall asleep during the second, <laughs> second football half. game. I don't see oh, what happens. And then not during the second half in the second football game. Because there's three football games and then you wake up yeah, and then you get to have leftovers and then you don't have all of those turkey leftovers that everyone complains about. It's because no, you're supposed best, to eat them twice. The okay, so that's fine. I think, that, I think that's like a reasonable plan, actually. That doesn't seem like too controversial in my book. I, I, it, I think our, our Thanksgiving time always varies based off of like what's going on that year. There's Who's coming a lot of town, kids now, sure. so it's you know naps and all those things you're juggling. Um I like your strategy though. Fall asleep so you don't wake up when the lions lose. Come on now. So we, I think we all agree. Like stuffing, top, like top two, probably not yeah. two. Um, but I'm preparing the world for this because I saw a little teaser of this somewhere on social media. Matthew Judon is an unreal player. Like might be an all pro this year for the Patriots. Yeah. But apparently he hates mac and cheese. I saw that. Yes. So get ready. And I think because uh, obviously every there's only three games. We'll probably have a pregame before. Thursday night football, mm -hmm. we may hear about Matthew Judon's distaste for macaroni and cheese, which I got to be honest with you. Such a weird thing to dislike. That's a weird thing to dislike. Yeah. That's yeah. Problem. Of all the things to dislike in the <laughs> world, mac say. and cheese is just not like the one. I mean, he, the green bean casserole is understandable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. could like, that, Nobody that's, likes a, that's, that. that's an option. That's an optional <laughs> thing. Optional for sure. Right. But like mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, stuffing, yeah. turkey, yeah. like it's hard to screw that up. Maybe some cornbread, just a bun in general is good. Not that you need more carbs on that day, but still yeah. like yeah, you gotta sop the gravy up just in case. Yeah, of course. You know, I know we got to move on. I'm going to ask one last quick question. Do we have to? No, we don't. Enjoying the food. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all in on pies. And for some reason, some oh, people just one. hate oh. pies. Oh. What's up with that? Are you a pie person? Jason Fitz What's up? hates pie. Yeah. He's got, I mean, he's over there in the Dan Orlovsky boat you, with that. Yeah, do you know why those two don't like joy? Do you understand? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know the answer to that. It yeah. is a great question That's when you weird. pose it that way. Yeah. We love both of you guys, but you just got to work on your and food And sweet taste. potato or pumpkin pie? I'm a pumpkin all the way. I would do pumpkin over sweet potato. Yeah. I would do pie. Yeah, I like all pies. All pies. Yes. Mince meat. Comes, I even. Mince uh, meat. I don't know what that means. Uh, that, that's not even. That's a savory pie, right? Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's new, like a meat it's pie like a new from uh, pie. Sweeney Todd. No, I will say this: right? I do love pecan, pecan pie as well. Pecan or pecan? I, I uh, both work. Pecan. I say delicious. I think it's great. Yeah. People don't like it. I like it. Yeah. That's one of those words that I say exactly the same as whoever says it to me because that's I don't exactly know what I do. Yeah. It's like Alvin Kamara. Yes. Someone's like, yeah, I love Alvin Kamara. One of my favorite players. I'm like, like I love Alvin Kamara. Kam Kamara's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I totally changed it this to whatever like, they I say. I drafted Alvin Kamara third in my fantasy this year. Like, yeah. I took him seventh in my fantasy league. Like Kamara, Chubb coming around the corner. Like, yeah, it's great. You know? All right. Let's talk about these Thursday games. Wait, hold on. Really quick before we do this, just like. Out there listening right now, we're going to do all the Thursday games. We have determined that all the Thursday injuries are pretty much like it's unless something happens after the show, we're in a pretty good spot with them. We're going to try to do a couple of other games as well. Check your ESPN fantasy app. Watch oh fantasy football now on Sunday. Spine is going to do our very best, but it's Tuesday, people. Normally, we're waiting until Friday to do this show, so bear with us. Show a little bit of grace. Let's talk about the Thursday Big social games. media week. You're going to find out a lot of news on social media rather than through the podcast, so follow everybody on Twitter and get all of that there. All right, let's yeah, talk but Bills. But just mute Dan Orlovsky's food text. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, you're good. The Bills at Lions. This one is going to be a fun one. Yep. One of these teams is on a winning streak. Three-game winning streak. All right, lineup blocks include Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bills. 
Here's my question about the Buffalo Bills. If those two are lineup locks, field Yates, when you're looking at a guy like G- Gabe Davis, does yeah. he fall into that flex territory, that high-end flex territory for you? No question about it. Really not too much of a question mark on Gabe Davis. Uh, Five-plus catches in consecutive games. That's good. And then, of course, it's a great it's a great matchup as well. Great right? matchup. So it's a great matchup against an inexperienced Lions secondary that could be without Josh uh, Jeffrey Okuda, who's in the concussion protocol right now. Kuda, former third overall pick, been an improved player this season. Still a little bit up and down, but yes, it's a good opportunity that if you're looking for some upside here, Gabe Davis certainly fits the bill. Not too many question marks for the Bills just in general for fantasy football. Not really. I, I think we're looking, if we want to talk about running backs really quickly, like Devin Singletary is still a guy that we're starting low-end RB2, high-end flex play just based on what this offense is and his ability to get in the end zone. But yeah, keeps running the football pretty yeah, effectively. And he, of late. and he looks good doing it. Yep. yep. So not a whole lot there. What about uh, Dawson Knox? If you need a tight end, it feels like this is a spot where you could potentially have him. I think he's outside like my top 13, Yeah, 14. I don't think much changes for me with Dawson Knox and it is any other week. He's a really talented guy. Uh, he's not the first or second or even or the third, third option sometimes. Third, yeah. So yeah. if you start Dawson, Dawson Knox, you are hoping that you get lucky with a touchdown. But with Josh Allen as your quarterback, you could get lucky there. Lineup blocks for the Detroit Lions include just Amon Ross St. Brown, in part yep. because we talked about this field. You mentioned the two running backs. This is a really tough matchup here. Really bad matchup for the Lions running backs against the Bills who have just been sturdy. Just They're good on defense in general. They are going to have a couple of key injury absences this week amongst the defensive linemen. Sounds like both AJ Epinesa and also Greg Rousseau are going to be absent, but the run stuffers should be there. And it's a little bit of a timeshare, as we know, over the past three, four weeks, excuse me, Jamal Williams has a pretty decided snap edge, but he's not really touching the ball in the passing game. So if you're going to start Jamal Williams, you're counting on a touchdown. Uh, We talked about the really good with Jamal Williams. He has five games with two two touchdowns this year. Do the math. They played five other games. That means that he has, in just those other five games, he has one total touchdown. So you have to make a decision on Jamal Williams. Do you think he's likely to score a touchdown this week or not? I think he is less likely. Hence, I have both he and DeAndre Swift outside my top 20. The other thing is that Dan Campbell keeps saying they're going to integrate DeAndre Swift more. This has been since he's been injured. They didn't want to overload him. They had a limited snap count. It really hasn't changed. This week he played 20 snaps. It was not that different from last week. Jamal Williams playing 30 snaps. And he's only carrying the ball five times compared to Jamal Williams carried it 17 times. So, again, DeAndre Swift, the benefit is in the passing game. But I'm, I don't believe it until I see it that they're actually going to put him on the field. More. Yeah, I think you have to get a little bit lucky this week with DeAndre Swift. I think so. Yeah. And here's the reason why. Here are the ways in which you'd have to get fortunate. His role would have to grow quite a bit, which we, we don't know for sure, even if Dan uh, Campbell is suggesting that could happen. They've been suggesting that for a few that's weeks now. That's what I yeah, was and, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they, they, they keep suggesting it, and it keeps not happening. It does not happen. Um, moreover... Like he has scored touchdowns recently that has saved you. And then the last thing is that like you need probably three or four catches for this to pay off. And if you get all of those things, you're in really good shape. If you get two out of those three things, you're probably going to be fine. And if, if you they get, get way behind to the Buffalo Bills, none, yeah, that's not could. happening. Yeah. Well, you could get the passing game utilization. Could. Yeah. I think if so. they're in scoring position, I think, but I don't think they're think looking to the My guess, and I don't know this, I mean, I think going into the game, the the strategy will be let's try to slow this thing down by uh-huh. running the football. Whether they can or not is a different story. We saw that with the, the Browns last week. They were unable to do so. But uh, again, I have some skepticism around these two backs. That and short, easy passes to Amon Ross St. Brown. That's what they're going to look to do this week against the Bills because that's the only way they're going to be able to stay in the game. Did All right. throw to TJ? Oh, wait. Yeah, I know. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I went on NFLshop.com yesterday, and all of my jerseys are marked down like 60%, and it really didn't make me feel good. <laughs> Giants at Cowboys. Let's talk about lineup blocks for this Why game. Not? 
for the for the Giants. Basically, you have Saquon Barkley. Yep. And I don't know as though you're starting literally anyone else. Maybe Darius Slayton as like a dart throw flex. Yeah, Slayton's a low-end flex play here for me. Basically like a low-end wide receiver four, maybe even a high-end wide receiver five. I mentioned earlier he has at least 11.5 fantasy points in four straight games. And the Giants, again, with no Wandell Robinson, will turn to Richie James in the slot. Very, very desperate times for New York in terms of pass catchers. So if you think they're going to be playing from behind, could open up could open up some opportunities here for Darius Slayton. I I just think that Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league right now. And the opportunity only keeps growing for him in terms of pass catching because yeah. of all of their injuries to their receivers. They are using him in both dimensions of that game. It, it, I just, it's incredible the year he's having. Just props to Saquon Barkley. And if you have him on your fantasy team, you're pretty happy you. about it. For the Dallas Cowboys, lineup locks include CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. What about Dak mm-hmm. Prescott? Yeah, he's right there for me, Daniel. He's very close. Uh, I don't know. So the reasons why you would have Dak outside your top 10 or 12 would be a couple of things here is one, he's not doing much at all with his legs, which is something that was a big part of his game early in his career. Seems like that is by design. Uh, Two would be that he has not hit 300 passing yards in a game since he returned due to that injury that shelved him for, what, four games because of the thumb earlier in the season. But I have pretty good confidence here in Dak. It is a frisky and tough and playing above their or punching above their weight defense in the Giants, but I don't have too many concerns. The Cowboys did beat this team earlier in the year with Cooper Rush. Dak has 19 fantasy points in three straight games. Wouldn't surprise me if he once again goes past 20, unless the Cowboys can run the football to great effect. But the Giants do have a pretty solid run defense up front. Dexter Lawrence has been an unbelievable player for them this season. So I suspect that Dak will have another useful fantasy day. Top 12 play for me. Yeah, I have him as a top 12 quarterback as well, right on that fringe. Part of that, though, is because the running backs have been so stinking good, Stefania. Both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott have crushed it here. Are you at a spot where if you were rostering both of these, you would start Tony Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott, or have you not made that decision yet? No, I think you certainly could. I mean, Tony Pollard, look, the eye test of Tony Pollard is... It's been validated many times over, but I still, what I would still say is that the role of Ezekiel Elliott remains. I mean, they are using him in certain situations between the tackles runner near the goal line in the red zone. He had the opportunity to get two touchdowns this weekend. Uh, He has value in that regard, probably an RB2, low end RB2, because you you don't, you can't count on the touchdowns. Uh, He's going to have a role in the offense and as good as Tony Pollard looks and as much of an RB1 as he is makes the case to be Dallas is going to use both running backs. Yeah, they're going to use Zeke plenty. That much is for sure. Jerry Jerry Jones continues to make that clear. Even last week, the number of carries was very, very, very similar for these two backs. What we are learning is that, what we probably knew, but what we have seen over the past few weeks is that Tony Pollard is just a totally different tier of athlete than Zeke Elliott is. Tony Pollard's getting valuable opportunities in the passing game that Zeke will not because he has one, counted one game with more than five receiving yards so far this season. The neutralizing factor here is that, as Stefania just referenced, if they're going to have the ball at the one-yard line, they're going to probably be more likely to give the football to Zeke Elliott that than they are work. Tony Pollard. Yep. So that evens things out a bit. I have Pollard, though, ranked ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. I think both of them sort of float in that 18 to 25 range for running backs. Pollard closer to 18. Zeke closer to 25. We are simpatico field. I am with you on that as well. All right, let's talk Patriots at Vikings. 
Lineup locks for this game include Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots yep. and Devil Cook, Justin Jefferson. That's basically, yeah. Yep. For the Patriots, that's really it, though, is Ramondre Stevenson. I'm looking at Jacoby Myers, I feel like is sort of in this conversation as a high-end flex for me as he is sort of every week, but... Yeah, he kind of is what he is right now. Jacoby Myers, you know, the target volume should be steady around seven or so per game. He's a floor play kind of a guy. Yeah, typically. I think the big question for the Patriots is after back to back to back games amongst uh, facing off against some of the best defensive lines and secondaries in the NFL with the Colts and the Jets twice. Does the passing game find any life on Thursday night against a Vikings defense that has been more generous against the past this year? If so, that should open up some opportunities for Myers. But the only lock here is, of course, Ramondre Stevenson. That's assuming that Damian Harris continues to play a similar role to what he has been so far. I thought I saw more out of Damian Harris last week than we have seen in a while in terms of production. But still, 15 snaps to Ramondre Stevenson's 45 snaps. So still a very clear hierarchy in that yeah. Patriots backfield. Very obvious. All right, from the Vikings' perspective, you've got Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson as lineup locks. Kirk Cousin, anyone else? You know, TJ Hawkinson, I think, would probably be a lock for me in the yeah, tight end Hawkinson's position. there as well. Anyone else from this team that you want to talk about, Stefania? Nope. Yeah, Adam I think Thielen. the only thing with, the, uh, with this matchup here is the Patriots obviously are a very, very good defense. Uh, the NFL has this weird balance, like chemical imbalance this year where like, as we've talked about this in fantasy a lot, there are like five good quarterbacks as opposed to like 15 or 18 good quarterbacks. So the Patriots defense has been feasting of late. And for much of this season, some of it's come against the likes of Sam Ellinger and Zach Wilson twice. So a better test, obviously, for that Patriots defense. Uh, Kirk Cousins, though, I still have closer to like a mid-tier quarterback too. Um, of course, with those weapons, he could he could throw three touchdowns in any game. But uh, this Patriots defense does tend to make life pretty difficult on opposing passing games. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel like after that embarrassing game against the Dallas Cowboys, the Vikings should come out with a different spirit here. On you should think some on hair Thursday. on fire on Thursday night, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Feel that way. Yep. All right, let's preview a few other games. That's it for our Thursday game. Let's let's take a stab at a few other guys here, though. Broncos at Panthers. <laughs> Lineup blocks for this game include. <clears throat> Well, there, there are nobody. none. The there, are none. <laughs> there are none. That's <laughs> why. If you're watching right now, you see the Patriots, <laughs> the Vikings, Patriots again, Vikings again. We have to go back to Thursday because there's yeah. no yeah. good lineup locks in this game. And look, uh, they got so many injuries. They got Chase Edmonds out. We've talked about that already. Jerry Judy's out because of the ankle. There is a chance he plays this week. He's now appears to be out of the walking boot. He's been around, you know, moving around. Has yep. a chance to play, but... Uh, a bit of a mess there with their wide receiver position. Russell Wilson still yep. not playing well. And we talked about the running back position earlier on in the show multiple times. Latavius Murray probably going to be the guy yeah. if you're starting a running back this week. Going to be the guy. Yeah, I th and I think he actually is the closest player to a lineup lock in this game. I think the volume should be very good. He last week had about two-thirds of the carries. I do expect that we'll see some Marlon Mack. I do expect yep. they'll promote Divino Zigbo, as we talked about earlier on in the show. With Latavius Murray, the thing is, how much passing game utilization does he get? If he gets three to five targets, I think he'll pay off as an RB2, especially because he does have a nose for the end zone. He's a good goal line finisher as well. Mm -hmm. Both these teams, though, the strength of their team is clearly their defense. And because of how bad the offense has been for Carolina, no player could be considered a lineup lock. The big thing with Deontay Foreman, as we know, is that he has to get you rushing and a touchdown to pay off. And how confident are you against this Broncos defense that God, do I feel bad for the Broncos defense. Highest, lowest, excuse me, the best scoring defense in the NFL, the Broncos, or they're tied, maybe tied for first. 
and the offense. And they're the worst scoring offense right. in the NFL. Oh. So, I know. Um, you feel bad for these guys? I mean, they like sit on separate sides of the locker room and <laughs> don't talk. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, <laughs> who knows, right? I, I mean, mean, it wouldn't surprise how me. It's embarrassing, right? I mean, and, and who talked about the Broncos defense this offseason? None of us, because we were too fixated on the Broncos offense. Yeah. The Broncos offense is quite literally the worst in the NFL right now in terms of scoring the football. Last I checked, that is their objective. So the reason why we can do this game on 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 a, on a Tuesday for a Sunday matchup is that there's just there's nothing really to highlight. About. Yeah, and if we if if Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton play on Sunday, you certainly like the chances better of this Broncos offense functioning a little bit. Week twelve, we haven't yeah, seen I mean, I would, it. Both yeah. both Judy and, and Sutton will be top twenty five to right. thirty plays for me. What about um, Dolchich? Has he worked his way into that like top twelve tight end radar? He's playing mm-hmm. a lot. Lot. The indicators are really positive, run. but the offense doesn't move the ball. Yeah. yeah, they just can't move the ball, and so it's hard to advocate for three <clears throat> guys in the passing game being in your lineup when they can't move the ball right now. Yep. What about from the other side of this game? I think when I look at the Panthers, if I see that Baker Mayfield is starting, it means don't start DJ Moore almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably be pretty pretty surprised if, if uh, Baker Mayfield starts on Sunday. Performance has just been unacceptable, and Sam Darnold is waiting in the wings. I know Sam suffered a high ankle sprain a long, long time ago. You would think, though, he's getting pretty close, health, pretty close health-wise to playing. It might help things a little bit. Um, not that Sam Darnold inspired a ton of confidence, but... Probably better than what we've seen from Baker Mayfield. But I'm with you, Daniel. If Baker is back in the lineup, you can't feel good about DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Um, who, another one of those guys that, like, if I could do, like, a fake trade column. If you column, could put him on a like, yeah, I'd love to do winning that. offense. Yeah, I'd love to, yep. see, love to uh, see him But this else. is a team that needs a quarterback makeover in the worst way this offseason. Whoever winds up being the top three to four draft prospects at the quarterback spot, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, guys like that are going to be talked about uh, in the first round once we get to late April, all of them will be names we'll talk about with the Carolina Panthers. All right, let's talk one more game. Falcons at Commanders, and I think the lineup lock for this one is fairly obvious. Terry McLaurin has mm-hmm. been awesome lately. Yeah, field, And yep. I know he's one of your favorite players, I believe, in your heart. Yeah, totally. Love <laughs> Terry McLaurin. Uh, didn't even have a great game this past week because they didn't need him to. They just... I think before they had the ball on offense, they had a pick six, so yeah, a 7 but, nothing game. It got out of hand for the most part against the Commanders. Uh, but Texans. here's the good news Texans. against Texans, excuse me. But this week, what you expect is that the game is more competitive. Taylor Heineke, of course, will start again. And I, I'm no Mike Clay, but I can regurgitate what Mike has said a thousand times. It's a great matchup. It is the mm-hmm. primo matchup of all matchups, which is why Terry McLaurin, I think, is ranked higher than we've had him ranked at any point so far this season for our wide receivers. He's my wide receiver seven on the board this week. Great player. The chemistry with Taylor Heineke is obvious. The target share with Taylor Heineke is obvious. The matchup is really good here as well. Terry McLaurin in the lineup. As far as uh, the commander's other players go, as we know, the running backs, it's a conversation every single week, but it was a smash spot last week for Brian Robinson, and he did not smash. A no, we did smash not. spot. No, we did not. And by the way, zero in the passing game once again for Brian Robinson. I know Mike and I have been beating this drum for a while, but Antonio Gibson is the preferred play. And and it's not quite Zeke and Tony Pollard, but it's it's similar in the sense that one player has far more paths to fantasy points than the other, and that's Antonio Gibson. And so I wonder how much that would change. I just and I realize we're not in that spot. If there was if JD McKissick was still here in this offense, I wonder if the way that Antonio Gibson was getting used 
would continue. Right now, he's out snapping Brian not. Robinson last week. I mean, probably would change. He probably would not be being used the same way. But this is yeah. going to be the pattern going forward because there's no more. There J. is no J.D. McKissick. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't. So. It would probably impact Antonio Gibson, like Stefania said. It probably right. wouldn't change anything for Brian Robinson. Exactly. Like, he's a purely between the tackles runner. And Gibson's getting double the snaps. Yep. Double the routes. And all of the passing game yep. looks from that perspective. Yep. Are there any other wide receivers here? Curtis Samuel has been kind of a disappointment from the start of the season, and he sort of worked his way into like that wide receiver four territory for me. He just sits on the end of my bench more than anything. Yeah, I'd say for the most part, everybody else in this game is just sort of a bench consideration. Marcus Mariota maybe piques your interest if you're in a quarterback tight spot, but I think there's some better options this week and no teams on a buy, so more quarterbacks available in general. No Kyle Pitts, what about? Yeah, no no Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. I think one thing to watch, I know it's not for fantasy purposes, but I think it'll... Be very interesting to see what happens with Chase Young. Going to come back for Washington, coming off that ACL injury, and yep. he'll get his at least get his feet wet in this game. So it could be a big boost for the Washington defense, at least from the energy standpoint. Such a key player for their defense. Yeah, excited to have him back. Yeah, That'd and Atlanta's fun. backfield. Just to remind people, I know if you check the box score from last week, your fantasy score, you're like, I started Cordero Patterson, he got 11.9 fantasy points. That's not too bad, right? No. Well, well that he had a return touchdown. Yeah. So 11.9 yep. fantasy points, six of which more than half one. of which came. It was. A Amazing. He's also, <laughs> he had a fumble, which lost him two points. Yes. He should have had 13.9 fantasy yeah. correct. So, yeah, but, so. So, but still, 7.9 without that return touchdown and that and fumble. And a fumble. Like, yep. that's, you know, so I think that you are grasping for straws right now in the Atlanta Falcons offense. Drake London had one catch last week. Now went to the end zone. That's good, right? But no um, Kyle Pitts. Can we manifest more Drake London targets with no Kyle Pitts in this offense? Here's the problem, Daniel, is that even with Kyle Pitts, you'd be saying to yourself, their wide receivers, besides Drake London, yeah. are very inexperienced. Lamine Zacchaeus, Demir Bird. Like, yeah. it's not like Drake London's competing with Chris Godwin and Mike They're Evans just for targets. Not, they will not throw that ball. Yeah, they don't want to throw the football. And what about Algier? Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Algier, Algier is a, Or Algier. Yeah. Algier. Yeah. Algier. Algier. Yeah, Algier. Is that yeah. Kamara? Yeah, that, that was close. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Algier. I <laughs> think that the G is hard in that case. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough a one. It's a, uh, it's a tough one. This offense is, yeah, they're, they're five and six. The formula is is working for them to stay in that division, and they did sign my guy Will Compton, who's going to change the complexion. Yeah. So yeah. that's right. I'm that? just saying, I, I may or may not have put a couple yeah, of uh, bets <laughs> on the Falcons for the Super Bowl this morning. Love that. Uh, you were after very the, enthusiastic uh, about the I Will love, Compton. I love Will. So fired up. So they're going to play. They're going to play great defense, great special teams, and opportunistic offense to stay in the NFC South. Race. Yep. But it's, the crazy thing is that they're in it. Five How, six, ridiculous back. How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous. By the it. end of the week, they could be, I mean, they need some help from the Browns, but they could be back. We could the Browns be there. I mean, the there Bucks are no Niners in first place. Let's oh, be wow. clear. Wow. But. 49ers, first teams, the 2007 Patriots to win their first four division games by at least 15 points. They're hammering the NFC. I don't know. Right I don't know. I will be thankful for the 49ers. <laughs> I, you should be thankful. Well they look. You should be thankful. Yes. All right, that's going to do it for our Tuesday show. We will be back tomorrow. Same crew breaking down the rest of the Sunday slate. Our last show of the week. Wish Keith happy birthday, please. Yep. Please do that. Yes. He'll, be, he'll be very polite and probably say thank you back. <laughs> he'll probably probably will. For Field for Stefania, my name is Daniel. Please make sure to continue to love each other. Be kind to yourself, and we can't wait to see you tomorrow. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start 
Find your bed. 